2: Greetings and welcome. The gang is back. NFL Fantasy Live Free Agency special. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Adam Rank, Marcus Grant, all set to get you ready for free agency. We're going to see some big names change places. What are the best fits? Who are the best guys that you can target after this first wave of free agency? And then We're going to start with some of the stuff that's been in the news the last couple of days leading up to free agency. And number one, a big deal. Rashard Mendenhall retires from the National Football League. And while he's talking about going off and writing and doing a lot of different things, Things. Bruce Arians has said they're going to build the offense now around Andre Ellington. Also says Carson Palmer can play until he's 37, 38 years old in his prime. Fabs, what, what do you make of the values of both these guys going forward?
3: Well, number one, I don't like that Mendenhall blamed fantasy
1: football partially for his <laughs> retirement. He blamed dancing with the starters. It was That, that was, too. That was that the big too. thing. That segment on NFL AM, he said, is why he retired. <laughs> That's the takeaway from the but whole with thing.
3: That being said, hey, Mendenhall's popularity was pretty big in part because of fantasy football when he had that huge season with the Pittsburgh Steelers but this is great news for Andre Ellington and his potential next season I've already got him ranked in my top 20 among running backs for 2014 he's versatile he's too small to be a true featured back so it's not like he's going to be OJ Anderson but the fact of the matter is he's going to see an increase in touches he is going to be an RB2 both in standard and PPR leagues.
2: All right, now how about Carson Palmer, Rank? Right? I mean, this is this is a case where <laughs> how about time, Carson Palmer. Every time we turn we turn the page on the guy, he, he, you look at the end of the year and you go, Boy, you know, he had a pretty decent season overall. Can can he, you know, now another year in this offense with Arians and maybe
1: some more weapons in hand, can he become fantasy really relevant? It was a decent season, but if you play in any sort of fantasy league where you are losing points for interceptions, then Carson Palmer is not going to be the guy for you. And not sure that's going to change. You know, they're going to continue to throw the ball deep. Even when the year Andy Luck was with Bruce Arians, he threw a lot of interceptions as well. And it's just the way his offense is designed is that they're going deep a lot. They're going to make some interceptions. They're going to make some mistakes. Carson Palmer is still going to be a backup quarterback, maybe a bi-week replacement, an injury replacement, but not somebody you can count on week in and week out to lead your fantasy team.
2: All right, now you mentioned Andrew Luck and the Colts, and that's where we're going to go next year with Hakeem Nix, who says he could be a great fit. He said he is the missing link for many teams, including the Colts, the Panthers, or the Chargers. So I say to you, Marcus Grant, (laughs) because we have no James Jones news yet to get to. So I say to you, best fit for him in fantasy, Colts, Panthers, Chargers, if these are his preferred teams?
4: I think the best fit is the Chargers. I, I think, you know, what I would love to see, is I'd love to see Eric Decker land with the Colts. I think he'd be a great pairing. You put him there, especially with Reggie Wayne healthy, T.Y. Hilton back. But for Hakeem Nicks, the idea of having him line up opposite Keenan Allen in that offense with Phillip Rivers throwing the ball, um, I, I just feel like he's a much better fit for that offense. I don't know that Hakeem Nix is going to be a number one receiver anymore. Uh, I think it was kind of questionable if he was even with the Giants. He and Cruz worked together very well. But I think with Allen kind of being the wave of the future in that that offense, at least in the passing game, to add Nixon there as a veteran presence to kind of take some pressure off of him, and then especially if they can figure out that tight end spot, it probably won't be Gates. It'll probably be Ladarius Green going forward. Uh, I think that's a really solid group right there.
2: Fab Zakeem, Nix. we say he lands on a team. He's probably not going to be a number one guy anymore. But he's going to land on a team that's going to give him an opportunity. Where you draft him?
3: He's not going to be more than a three for me and probably more of a borderline three or four. But, again, it depends on where he ends up. I think Carolina's a good fit. Steve Smith is long in the tooth. He went to the University of North Carolina, and that would be a place where he could potentially flourish. Good quarterback under center, Cam Newton, good tight end there in Greg Olson and an up-and-coming offense, and Brandon LaFell is a free agent, so it looks like he could be gone from Carolina. So I like Knicks and Carolina, but this year, and, and and I'll say it a million times before the the kickoff of the season, is all about upside for me and, and really sort of restricting risk. And drafting Hakeem Knicks to be anything more than your three or four Is restricting risk.
2: I thought you were going to say, I'm going to say it a million times. You're going to remind us that you won a championship with Matt Moore two
4: years ago as your starting quarterback.
3: I did do that. (laughs)
4: Could have won a quarterback. Could have won one with Geno Smith. You didn't uh, didn't have the guts to start him.
3: By the way, Geno Smith was one of the better quarterbacks in fantasy the last four or five weeks of 2013. I don't know who he's going to throw the football to.
2: Not Santonio San Holmes. <laughs> That's Not Santonio <app>. Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, maybe? <laughs> now, this is just a primer let you know right now. We have our big show coming up, our NFL Fantasy Live free agency special. It airs this Thursday night On NFL Network, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. If you can't wait, again, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Thursday night, you get it at 7 o'clock Eastern time on NFL.com. It'll be all of us telling you all the news you need to know as players start landing and as we move forward. Now, we move forward here, Rankin. The Titans say Mm -hmm. they're shopping Chris Johnson. Of course. They're looking for for a trade partner because they say, we don't want this guy anymore.
1: Nobody wants that contract. No, no. So they're not going to find one.
2: No. So they'll be stuck. Mm -hmm. Is is this finally the year? Do you say, Chris Johnson, I'm done with you entirely, or is there still value for him for you?
1: Well, it depends on which team he's going to end up with. Maybe the Birds we were just talking about just a moment ago with Rashard Mendenhall retiring. Arizona's going to be in the mix, and one of those other teams, maybe Denver, who knows? Maybe, you know, there's just a number of different scenarios that you could look at and see where Chris Johnson would end up. So... Again, if he ends up in the right situation, I would take a chance on him. I mean, as bad as he was at times, he's still valuable as a a, uh, number 2 running back. So I'm not ready to close the door on him just yet. Carson Palmer, yes. (laughs) chris johnson no
2: you shut that door and like in the in the cartoons when mickey mouse shoots the tax out of his mouth you have closed that door so it won't open close
1: again. it yeah you know i mean I, you know anytime i run into carson palmer at wahoo's fish tacos here you know in, in uh, southern california it's kind of awkward i'll buy him uh, i buy him a, uh, you know I, I, I bought him a diet pepsi one time So no hard feelings you know it's nothing personal because carson you're palmer just can't not, afford to buy his own diet just pepsi? not well now he owns his uh, yeah you know? <laughs> you know, i just it's the gesture you know, that's what it is. It's a classy move. You know, I look, we may be adversaries in the imaginary world of fantasy football, but you know what? I'm not above buying you a Diet Pepsi. <laughs> and what did he say? He said, thank you. Wow. And then uh, going get that on tape next time. We talked a little uh, Rancho Santa Margarita football and uh, had a good time.
2: All right. Well, see, you can even make friends with your enemies. You would be a great mafia, Don.
1: We're not enemies. That's the whole thing. Yeah, but no, but in your mind and on the show, you're enemies. It's not. It's kayfabe. It's a a kayfabe (laughs) rivalry, like when you see the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan are pulled over. You're like, wait a minute. They're friends, <laughs> beautiful Bobby Eaton's having a drink with Ricky Morton down in the Forum Club. That ruined my life as a little <laughs> kid, by the way. I go, this guy just threatened to kill me because I was supporting you guys, and now you're here drinking in the Forum Club. <laughs> True story.
2: Wow, you're not getting this with a chair over the head, are you?
1: No, All no. Right, I was good. still a little, I was a youngster, so I was, I was okay. All right,
2: you, you've learned. You've picked, you've picked up from there.
1: Picked your. Yeah, you realize, oh, wait, these guys are actors. But, That's good the foot, ones.
2: <laughs> but they're good ones. Look, hey, you know, look, Ryan Mallett has been acting like a backup quarterback oh, the last couple of years. Me.
1: Oh, too soon? A little bit. Too soon? A little
2: bit. Marcus, if Ryan Mallett winds up going to the Texans, who like him and right now there's a little bit of cat and mouse going on with how much they would give up or whatever it would be or what their actual interest is. Ryan Mallett goes to Houston. Houston decides in the draft they're going to go Jadavian Clowney and put him next to J.J. Watt. What's Mallett's value
4: for you? Is he is he, is he he a low two? Do you draft him? Is he a two with upside? What is he? I'm not drafting Ryan Mallett. I mean, this is a guy who, if I'm not mistaken, has all of four career passes in the National Football League. But there were good ones. One of those was intercepted. So, Three of them were good. So three of them were good. <laughs> One of them was, it was caught. was still a good pass. So there you go. I, you know, I... He is so much of an unknown quantity that I just can't take the chance on him. And and you look at what's around him. Arian Foster is coming back off of injury. He has been just so heavily used over the last few years. Andre Johnson still has something left, but he's definitely on the back end of his career. DeAndre Hopkins is still kind of young and up and coming. They're just... There are too many question marks in the Houston offense to plug in Ryan Mallett and think he's going to immediately jump in there and be a fantasy contributor, so I'm leaving him alone, leaving him on the waiver wire. If he gets hot early in the season, maybe I take a look at him, but I'm not drafting him.
2: All right, one other news item to get to before we start breaking down the positions. Mark Ingram, very excited that he could be the guy now in New Orleans with the uh, p- parting of the ways with Darren Sproles, possibly Pierre Thomas as well. Fabs, we it seems like we've been waiting for Mark Ingram every year, and he shows us a little bit of glimpse, a little bit of glimpse here and there. If it's finally a Mark Ingram backfield, it could be Ingram and Robinson combination there. Where do you wind up drafting him?
3: I don't trust Ingram. I really don't. He's had three years in the National Football League where he's done nothing, okay? This is a guy who... If you remember back to that game against the Dallas Cowboys, he had a huge game. I believe he had 145 rushing yards, a touchdown, showed some real potential. I think Dalton Hilliard had about 75 yards. running backs (laughs) in that game (laughs) scored over 60 fantasy points, which is more fantasy points than Mark Ingram scored all season long. If you want to take a chance on a Saints running back, it's going to be Robinson. To me, it's not Mark Ingram. Ingram isn't a contract year, but listen, I don't care. If Mark Ingram was this good, he wouldn't have been sitting behind Pierre Thomas and behind Aaron Sproles for the last three years in New Orleans. He is what he is. Robinson's the guy to go get. What's going to be interesting to me here? Well is— You're waiting
2: how long for Robinson?
3: Robinson's – it depends on what shakes people well, Pierre Thomas ta- is still a member of this backfield right now. but if it winds up being an t- Ingram t- and
2: Robinson, out. people are going to take, Robin, uh, gonna take Ingram early. Robinson's going to
3: be somewhere – no. earlier. No. no,
2: earlier than Robinson. People will take Ingram early and Robinson because they of the shouldn't name factor.
3: Be. Yeah, they shouldn't be. Uh, neither one of these guys should come off of the board until the late part of the middle rounds. And Robinson may be middle rounds. But what's more interesting to me is, is Sean Payton really going to go to an offense that's – more balanced. Uh, We're talking about a guy who over the last four games had 30 plus carries per game on average, which was up six or seven carries over the previous 14 weeks. So you're looking at a team that could be transitioning to more of a running game with Drew Brees under center. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I know they're hurting a wide receiver right now. Lance Moore is gone. Jimmy Graham is probably going to hold out. Unless something happens. So that's a question mark. Marcus Colston is is getting up there in age. They, they've got Kenny Stills, okay. But is the Saints offense going to change? Is Drew Brees going to remain a top five fantasy quarterback in this offense?
4: So we you're see. nervous about Drew Brees?
3: I'm not nervous. I'm interested to see what happens.
4: I'm not worried about Drew Brees. I'm interested the, to see the, what happens. The better happens. question is can you count on any Saints skill position players not named Jimmy Graham. That's always been the issue the last few years is that you know Graham's going to get the football. Beyond that, it's I call it wide receiver roulette. You didn't know from week to week if it was going to be Marcus Colston or Kenny Stills or Lance Moore or the occasional Robert Meacham touchdown. I mean, these kind of things just kind of pop up. And regardless of the shuffling they're doing with that roster, it's it's still an issue of – How many of these guys can you trust to give you consistent uh, production every week?
1: For a high, for a high-powered offense, they were the most frustrating because they they put like at least with the Broncos, you could pretty much start anybody, and outside, you know, and everybody would pretty much score. But with the Saints, you are like, nah, all right, cool. Like (laughs) Breeze is it, and that, and that's it. There is nobody else you can really trust, and I don't expect that to change. All right, so there you go. There's some of the big
2: news items over the last couple of days. Again, don't forget Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network, 6 p.m. Pacific. Our big NFL Fantasy Live free agency special. Again, if you can't wait, 7 p.m. Eastern on NFL.com. All right, let's take a look at the big skill positions now, as far as free agency goes, and we'll start at quarterbacks. And well, we kind of have to start at quarterbacks. Well, we kind of have to. It is we. It's written in by law. It's in my contract (laughs) right here. Got to start with quarterbacks. It's a pretty weak crop in free agency. Yeah, you, know, you have the Michael Vicks, the Matt Schaub's of the world who may wind up changing teams. Josh McCown is interested in a couple of different teams. So let's do this. If they sign with a team to be a starter, any of these free agency guys, the guys are going to be out there. Who is your top guy for fantasy value? Who whose fantasy value increases the most when he signs somewhere to be a starter? Fabs, who's your guy?
3: Michael Vick. Uh, because You don't of... sound
2: very <laughs> sound I'm not, Michael Vick. Yeah. I'm
3: not thrilled about it. <laughs> it's one of those situations where He's got that ability to run with the football. And Matt Schaub, does he excite you more than Michael Vick? Josh McCown? I mean, eh. Josh McCown was good in Trestman's offense. Put him someplace else. See what he does. Does he end up being the starter for the New York Jets? Which...
2: Anything could happen there. (laughs) Who knows?
3: But, no. Michael Vick, and I... Don't even want Vic. I, I, if Vic is a starter, say for
2: the Oakland Raiders, for example. Or Minnesota. Adrian Peterson or says Minnesota. he would intently make them a playoff team. I wouldn't team.
3: draft him as more than two, and I may not want to draft him regardless because there's going to be a lot of youth at that position with Johnny Manziel coming in uh, and some of the, a couple of the other kids, Bridgewater too, guys who are going to be able to run with the football. Remember, there's a difference between being good on the field and winning games on the field and being good in fantasy and winning games in fantasy. Tim Tebow and Terrell Pryor, the two most glaring examples of So, that.
2: so let me ask. You, at this what would your pecking order be then you have Manziel Bridgewater Bortles likely Jimmy Garoppolo could wind up sneaking up higher mm-hmm. as the draft goes in where would you take who, which of those guys would you take Vic ahead of uh you take well, all those guys
3: it really depends on where they end up to be quite honest with Manziel I would take ahead of Vic there's no doubt about that no doubt about that Bridgewater we'll see if these guys are in line to start and that's that, that that's a, a different conversation if Someone is brought in to sit behind a veteran for a year or two, which typically doesn't happen right now uh, at, at this stage of uh, the NFL. It, it could change, but we'll see what happens. Wait, I want to go
4: back to your Tim Tebow, Terrell Pryor comment there. Which which of those two were they, the good on the field or the good in fantasy? Because I'm trying <laughs> to figure that one out.
3: Good in fantasy. Sporadically. Tim Tebow was a top 12 quarterback in fantasy when he was the guy in Denver, yeah, but his production was so sporadic. And, but, I mean, but but, he, but the, it doesn't matter though. The point of the the, the point here is that well, it he's does, not a good, I mean, <laughs> he's not a good. But
4: it kind of does. I mean, that was our argument about Saint skill position players, top
3: twelve production.
4: Right, but our argument about Saint skill position players is that they don't give you consistent production; it's sporadic. So Tim in that Teemo respect, was Tim was not Teemo.
3: sporadic. He gave you sixteen points every week at a minimum.
4: Uh, I don't, he don't know was about good every week. He was good, but he had some. Look back at the numbers. He was. Look
3: back at the numbers.
4: You, there, weren't, you weren't drafting him as a one. Is there a magic box no, that will tell us? <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of like? telephonic <laughs> device. Some kind of thing.
1: This is what I would want to invent. Like, you go to, a, like I don't know, like a box. It looks like a TV screen. You type in something like Tim Tebow stats, and then it would just come up. Like, Like not just one, but, like, a whole bunch of things you could look at. You know what? And then, like, pages of it. Mm. Somebody should get on there. Somebody should get on there. By the way, though, you were were talking about uh, Michael Vick and uh, Adrian Peterson, and they re-signed Matt – what's Matt Castle going to say when he sees Adrian (laughs) Peterson? (laughs) What's up, bro? Like, were we winning many playoff games with you and anybody? (laughs) Still me, Adrian. Still me. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) Sorry to ruin your day, but I'm still here. I would tweet that to him. Be like, yeah, sorry. Sorry <laughs> now, if this is going to be weird. But uh, I would, you know what? I would tweet to LaShawn McCoy, and I would be like, hey, LaShawn, you and me, we would be a playoff team in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do. That would be so awesome. If only there was a way to do that, a way to, to reach
2: out to athletes on some kind of same box-type no, device. Nah.
1: No now? We're at least 10 years away from that technology.
2: (laughs) Now, if you are a frequent listener to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast, you know that our producer Dylan Milner likes to get in with uh, his thoughts sometimes. Normally, he waits until we mention the San Francisco 49ers, or at least geographically, we get somewhere close to San Francisco, but you have something extra special for us here.
5: Uh, Well, I was just wanting to chime in on the Michael Vick discussion about his uh, unreliability. He hasn't finished a 16-game season since, uh, when was it, 2006 or something? I mean, he's about as reliable as HBO Go is getting through a whole uh series season finale of True Detective oh, last night. Oh. Hey That's yo. too soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow, too soon. Sorry. It just happened. It was so if you're soon. just listening, here's what happened. no uh, no, 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 stop Mike Vick turns out, in the finale, it's crazy, he makes a cameo. He's the Yellow King? He's the Yellow King. Ah, I had a feeling Mike Vick was the Yellow Uh, King. Breaking news, Ian Rapport reporting, Michael Vick just signed with the Carcosa
1: Kings. I don't know what that means. How dare you? Well, they'll run the football a lot. Yes. How dare (laughs) you? I don't know what any of that means, because I got through about the first five minutes of the show last night. Season one, or episode one. So I'm getting there slowly
5: you're, but you're surely. Prepping, you're prepping whether <laughs> to take Cole or Marty in the true detective-only fantasy league?
2: Yeah. Didn't Oof. want too much too
4: soon. At, at this rate, you'll be done by season three. It'll be yeah. great.
5: You know,
2: you know, that, that's enough time to get through one McConaughey. And what happens is the time is a flat circle, and it circles back, and we're going to continue. Can I get another beer? Can I continue? <laughs> I'm going to make these My little My goal mittens.
5: is to be... Matthew McConaughey, the burnout, uh, Rust during the fantasy draft, where we're just making uh, little tin men, mm-hmm. aluminum men with uh, uh, Lone Star Tallboys, just <laughs> waxing soliloquies, just to confuse everybody during the draft. But then I nab all the good players when they're not uh, expecting it. So Savvy, wow. That's I'm going into next season, Lone Star Tallboy as, Tall Boy. as Russ right. Cole. Have uh, that at your house,
1: uh... <laughs> two detectives. Did anybody call those pounders? No.
2: No, somebody dry, I think Damashe
1: called those pounders because they're 16 ounces. Tall boys are 16 ounces. Right. He called them pounders. I'm like, that's well, the coolest name Coors ever. Coors Light used to
2: have this. It used to say 16, and then it would say OZ for ounce and small lighter. Then it would say pounder. So it would look like it would say 16, you know, so pounder. That- yeah. i never uh, did that a long time I've ago. never heard that, that before. Pete Coors, he knows how to sell beer. Yeah, buddy. Although People I did heard
5: actually, heard. outside of True Detective, have a small bit of news. Oh, from yeah. the defensive end front from all you IDP fanatics, Jason yes, Babin voids his contract. What? He is now a free agent leaving the Jaguars. And Michael Bennett re-signs with the Seattle Seahawks. No! Oh.
2: That means less money for Richard Sherman coming up in a couple of years. Watch that's out.
1: terrible.
5: Well, Watch out. I want, so if I you're want, really hoping for a uh, sleeper defensive end IDP uh, off-season chat, you're in the right place. Yeah, All buddy. Right. That's Jason your,
2: Babin. That's your podcast goes up uh, when? Later on this week, right, Dylan?
5: Yes. It's, okay, yes. very good. Uh, only yeah. in the Northern California region <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it available to download
2: you're uh, be. Uh, Let's do iTunes. that,
1: you and me. We'll just go out and we'll nail the IDPs.
2: All right, let's move on from IDPs to running backs for a few minutes here. There's some big-name running backs that could be changing teams, but the value, some of these guys, the names are past their prime, but the number one guy on everybody's list is going to be Ben Tate. He's been waiting for this uh, chance for a long-time rank, and he's excited. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to give him a lot of money, whether it's Cleveland, somewhere else. Ben Tate signs the number one running back. Second-round pick? Early third? Where where do you go with him?
1: Could be, but... The market for Ben Tate is going to be less than what he anticipates it's going to be because nobody wants to spend money on running backs anymore, and even though Ben Tate has had some good games during, the, uh, during his brief NFL career, I don't see him being a big-time running back. My sneaky, my sneaky pick... New England Patriots, he goes in and takes on uh, LeGarrette Blunt's role because he's a free agent.
2: Mm, I like that. That's and then it'll be in New right England,
1: there. and then, of course, then, uh, then, then it'll be worthless. Yeah, then it'll be worthless. Then everybody who's excited,
2: <laughs> I got Ben Tate. Oh, I
1: can't even take
2: him now. <laughs> I kept oh. him. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that would be
3: a worst-case scenario for Ben Tate. Best-case scenario would be Cleveland, Miami, somewhere like that. But he's going to be able to be the bell cow.
2: But is he, going, is he going to be a guy that's going to get all those? Is he suddenly going to get 25 carries a game? Because he's never had that 25
3: before. carries a game is rare for most running backs these days. So I'm saying more of in the neighborhood of like 18 to 22 touches in a game. Maybe on a team that already has a scat back, a third down back, somewhere, someone like that. You also have to worry about Ben Tate's durability because he has been the most durable running back in the National Football League. He's shown flashes. I like the upside there. He's an RB2 type, again, assuming that he ends up on a team that's going
1: to give him a chance to be at least close to a feature back. The Giants have been rumored as one of the teams he could go to, but I think he fumbles too much for Tom Coughlin.
2: They don't have anybody uh, the last couple of years who's fumbled a lot, so this will be a nice change of pace for him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that backfield, you got a lot of question marks there, because Andre Brown's a free agent. Yep. David Wilson supposedly was ahead of schedule, but I mean, he had spinal fusion you can't surgery trust the guy.
2: you can't trust no. the guy
3: I, I'd like to see no Sean Marino go there but I don't know if that's going to happen realistically but if you've had no Sean Marino in that backfield the guy who can catch the ball on the backfield he's a good pass protector he'd be a really nice fit fantasy wise wouldn't be as good as he is uh, in Denver but he'd be a nice fit there I, I just don't see that happening Noshan's gonna find that the market for him is going to be very soft.
4: Noshan is one of those guys that I really worry about going into next year just oh, because yeah. I felt like he played over his head a lot this past season. and in part because Peyton was so good and that offense in Denver was so good that I mean Even best case scenario If he were back in Denver I don't know that he would have that same kind of production this year And to have him leave and go somewhere else I feel like he is really ripe To take a big step back His
3: numbers are almost guaranteed to fall Even if he stayed in Denver Which would be a shock at this point Guaranteed to fall.
2: Well, yeah, because look, look at the end of last year. No matter what Monty Ball did, whether he ran well or fumbled, he was still getting carries at the end. So you think, okay, Marino Ward down a little bit. Even if he goes back, his value goes down. But you look at last year; the guy was never dra- the guy wasn't even drafted in most leagues. And now at least you're looking at a, <clears> a <throat> huge jump up. I said most <laughs> leagues. I didn't say all <laughs> leagues. I said most leagues. Fair Adam Rankin, who, who drafted No. Sean Marino. Fair enough. And in back to back, Jax has won the uh, expert league again.
1: Keep doubting him. That's the one thing. I, I'm happy. Yeah, let's let's talk down No. Sean Marino. I'll be happy to. I'll be happy to make another uh, 12th round pick on him <laughs> or something. We'll see what happens. Maybe you will go to the Birds. I'm going to put every running back we talk about in Arizona. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sean Marino <laughs> for the
3: Birds. You're like Darnell Dockett. Did you see that whole <laughs> rant he went on on Twitter? It was awesome. Where he basically said all the free agents they're coming to Arizona.
4: Like on like like, vacation, like they're all retired, like everybody's retiring. Yeah. They go watch all, spring training ball. Like all all the 35 break. year old. Dylan, Dylan, go to <laughs> yes, um,
3: go to Reggie Bush's Twitter. He posted a picture of what looks like him at the dentist, and that looks kind of nasty.
5: Is he going to Arizona or something? <laughs> was, uh, he's uh, going to the birds. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I know you're a USC <laughs> guy, so I figured you'd enjoy that picture. His last picture on Twitter, a little That's strange. Quite the
5: non sequitur. A little strange. Yes, he's at the dentist. Yeah. Good one. So, no if you're sure. at a dentist-only selfie league, is Reggie Bush's value <laughs> That might be the first
2: ever dentist-only selfie. I this I would segment's going to play well Bush. on the podcast. <laughs> then, I, then I would take <laughs> David after dentist. He would be my <laughs> next pick. <laughs> and then uh, then I'm looking for, yeah. Uh, were Michael energized. Strahan
3: wouldn't do well in that league.
2: Wow. You Why? Know, he's baguette. got the big gap between Oh, his front yes. Teeth. But that's uh, not a dentist thing. It that's is just, a dentist is, thing. He could have gotten that fixed. I t- "This is the closest they could have got my teeth together." I have my straight teeth. They'll jam those suckers closer together. Oh, Smith. it's tough. I know the technology is better now, but back then it was just a guy me with a vise. We'll,
3: we'll put that head ears in a vise. We'll get them right <laughs> close together. It,
2: it, the vise is too big. My, my hat size is like seven and three quarters. They don't have the vise that, that fits for that yet. Oh,
3: we'll get you a vise.
5: Uh, iTunes just crashed with the amount of downloads this is getting. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of
2: people in Northern California that want an lists. list. Can
1: we check our bounce rate?
5: (laughs) Google bounce rate, everybody.
2: Hey, Marcus, you mentioned Darren Sprouls and and the the uncertainty in the Saints backfield. Now he's an ex-Saint. Wherever he goes, he's going to be a big part of the equation in the the running game and passing game. But he's not going to be a Saint anymore, which... How much – what does that do to his value?
4: It drops significantly. Last year was kind of a disappointment for Darren Sproles as it was. He, at this point in his career, is a third down back. That is the extent of what you're going to get out of Darren Sproles. And he's not a guy you're going to hand the football to, so you've got to hope he lands in a place where they are prone to throwing the ball out of the backfield and and making him part of that equation. I – He's a guy that I would wait a long, long time on. I mean, I, I immediately think of—I'm uh, trying to think of like you know who he would kind of uh, you know equate to, but I, it's just that he was so such a good fit with New Orleans and what they do, and because his skill set, or at least the way he's been used throughout his career, is so limited, it really shrinks the number of teams he can go to and be a fantasy contributor next year.
2: So if Darren Sproles winds up someplace where they promise him more than a third down roll. Mm-hmm. A little bit more. Hey, you're going to play him. They give him the ball more than the zero times a game he got it basically last <laughs> right. year with New Orleans. Still not Still not seeing okay
4: an uptick a little bit for him? Not at this point. I mean, I just don't know that he's a guy who's going to carry the ball. I mean, he, he isn't necessarily known for being a, like an edge rusher. He's certainly not a guy that you're going to run between the tackles. E- even if he's on the field for more than just third downs, I haven't seen enough, especially in recent years, to believe that he can he can get it done from that standpoint.
3: How about if he ends up in Houston as the third down back, spelling Arian Foster in Bill O'Brien's offense? Not saying that that could happen, but it's interesting.
4: It's interesting. I, I still don't know how high I am on him. Just especially with Houston being so uncertain about their quarterback spot. I mean, we're talking about Ryan Mallett possibly being that guy next year. And it doesn't really get me excited. You're right,
3: excited. though. Sproles' arrow is pointing down.
2: All right, two other guys whose arrows are pointing down but still could potentially point up with bounce-back years. MJD, Darren McFadden. You can trust one of those guys for this season, Fabs. Who is it?
3: Well, I, I want my guy to play and not okay. be in the trainer's
2: room. Okay. so I'm going with Unless you get points for that.
3: Maurice Jones-Drew. Maurice Jones-Drew, 28, had a lot of carries, uh, over the last four or five seasons, not counting when he was hurt uh, in 2012, but McFadden—I mean, he can't stay healthy. He's proven it. He's never played 16
2: games. When you're comparing McFadden, MJD to McFadden and you say, "Boy, MJD's the healthy one," MJD—you got to look in the more mirror.
3: More talented. If MJD, uh, or sorry, if McFadden was going to give me 14 games, it would definitely be Darren McFadden. But you can't get that from him you just can't get that from him you can't trust him at this point in his career again talent wise it's mcfadden
1: but i don't trust him
2: Rick, where do you go with these guys draft wise
1: mcfadden goes to the cardinals i'm in <laughs> <laughs> what if they both it. go to the cardinals love that that would be huge <laughs> that'd be a dream. that'd be a dream backfield of guys who could be like you can combine them for like a 16 game season where it would be perfect when oh. you're of like when you're talking about like uh James Jones and uh, Hakeem – because Hakeem Nix doesn't score touchdowns. Right. And all James Jones does he is catch touchdowns. touchdowns. You put those two guys together on one team. Mm. You get Hakeem Nix between the 20s, James Jones <laughs> in, in the, the red <laughs> zone. Boom. Just solve San Diego's problem. Super Bowl. <laughs> or
2: you just tape them together and it you put them as them one them guy.
1: One and then,
4: exactly. James Nix. Hakeem Jones,
1: yeah, I'm <laughs> down. I'm down. And the cool thing about McFadden too is that he'll go somewhere else. Maybe it's a trainer problem. Maybe it was playing on that field in Oakland. Who knows what it was? Obviously, hasn't been healthy for his entire career. But if he goes to some team, and you know what, he's going to drop in your draft boards, and nobody people are going to avoid him just because he has that history of injury. But once you've already filled out your first couple of running backs, they're a crapshoot, anyways. All these guys get hurt. Like, yeah, I'll take a chance on the on the on the. Uh, on the talent, I guess you would say. you know, As, as, a, potential. as a four? Yeah, a four, four at the maybe even a three. Like, we tried last year to make him a flex guy. Didn't quite work out. <laughs> but, you know, again, the potential's there. I'll give him a shot.
3: I think ah. a, a guy with a lesser name that you need to watch out for is Rashad Jennings. He averaged, I believe it was 4.6 yards per carry last season. He was really, really good as a featured back for the Raiders. McFadden goes. All they really have behind him is Latavius Murray. You put Jennings in that featured role... I think he's an RB2 all day long, and I'd rather have him over a McFadden or a Jones-Drew or a Sproles.
4: I'd like to see those two guys actually switch teams. I would love to see Darren McFadden go to Jacksonville and kind of be the guy who You platoons. want him to disappear entirely? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see him be the guy who platoons with Jordan Todman, because I think Todman is a guy who's kind of up and coming, and I don't think he's ready to be the guy just yet in Jacksonville. But he can be, he can get some help, and he can really build some things there. And at the same time, you send MJD back home to the Bay Area. He's a De La Salle High School kid. He goes back to the Bay Area. He can be at home again. And he works in a platoon with Rashad Jennings. I think it's a win-win for both those teams, and I think it, it ends up working out well for fantasy perspective. Well,
1: Jennings is a free agent too. Right. And he's mm-hmm. somebody who's been rumored to go to the Giants, and it might be a better fit for him out there. And you look at it, I still like Murray. Murray – I think the Raiders do too. He was he was dinged up a little bit last mm. year, didn't really get a full training camp and everything. Murray is is somebody I'm going to be keeping an eye on. He's somebody I'm very interested in in the upcoming season. He might even he might even crack the list of ranks eleven.
4: Ooh. Wow. You Foreshadowing. Know what,
2: you know what I like about that ba- that great back and forth is how Marcus you brought up but going to the Raiders at the end of your because that works for everybody.
4: It works they they go work there at for the a end lot of, of what people. Eric <laughs> Dickerson, right? <laughs> hey, look, there's Jim Plunkett. Ronnie Lott. <laughs> sure. Jerry Rice. Jerry Had Rice did very well. Yeah. Lyle <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> you, ready for, you ready for me what? to keep going? Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Lyle
2: Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon was there. It turns out when he was forty, that was the beginning part of his career. So right. he, you know, we didn't know it would take him eighteen years to get good.
1: See, but still, it, it's happened. Charlie right. Garner had some good years there near the end of his okay. career. Oh. See, we All gotta right. go. We're okay. saying something positive about the Raiders.
2: All right, I got. I got. Uh, Dylan's working on a printout of Raiders that it didn't work out for, and it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna take a few minutes to print out. <laughs> We're you <know> chopping <laughs> down redwoods as we well, I mean,
5: speak for paper.
1: <laughs> let me give you. Let me give. Let's do some real talk right here. If you take away all the guys who finished their careers well with the Raiders, everybody has finished their careers poorly with the Raiders.
4: Now that. <laughs> Thanks, Magic Johnson. Tweet that, that out. Was, hashtag, tweet hashtag, that out.
1: Hashtag hot that's, sports takes. That's like a Magic Johnson tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Life's that's just a favorite. circle. <laughs> just a flat circle of time. That's my favorite. Like Arizona is – Arizona was trailing Oregon by five, and somebody's like, well, if they don't score at least six points here, they're going to lose. Like, thank you. Thanks, genius. Hot sports tape.
2: <laughs> that flat circle. Just text. come back to that again. Just back and forth, back and forth.
1: Time is, is is not necessarily linear. We only perceive it that way.
2: So you have watched a little bit more than you anticipated. That's, That's from Hot Tub
1: Time Machine. Uh. <laughs> Wait,
5: was that Neil deGrasse Tyson in last night's episode of Cosmos? Hey.
2: No, it's Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, Hang older. up the phone, Larry. Just
1: don't concern you. All right. <laughs>
2: uh, let's get to some wide receivers. <laughs> Took a second. Dylan got it. There we go. <laughs> All right, wide receivers, kind of a mixed bag. We have some guys that are exciting. We talked about Akeem Nix a few minutes ago. Here's Eric Decker, who had phenomenal value while he's was with the Broncos, and now he's going to sign somewhere else, and we've already seen every pundit known to mankind and said, look, I'm not too sold on Eric Decker being a number one somewhere else. So where are you sold on him, Rank, in Fantasy, if he's a number one somewhere else?
1: Why does he have to necessarily be a number one somewhere else? What if he goes to a place like Indianapolis— who Marcus already mentioned or or even Cleveland or wherever, you know, he might end up, you know what? He's pretty good in his role. He might, you know, depending on what the money is or he's still proven. And the, the big thing to me is that he caught eight touchdown passes when Tim Tebow was his quarterback. So, of course, you know, he's done well over the last two years in the Broncos offense. And there's no doubt that was going to be the case with Peyton Manning there, but he's shown he's pretty good in the red zone. He's going to go somewhere. He's going to score his touchdowns. He's still going to be a pretty good option, depending. no matter where he goes, even if it's Minnesota. or
2: It's really more about the money because he's going to get paid. Someone's going to say, look, we're not going to pay you this kind of money to be our number two. It's going to be teams that's looking for that number one guy.
1: Well, I, people
3: also are going to have expectations for him that are really too much because he's been a top ten wide receiver based on fantasy points two straight years. And if he goes to Indianapolis, it's a good fit. He's not going to finish in the top ten of fantasy points. they got a lot of miles to feed there. Uh, because you've got Reggie Wynn coming back. You've got T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you've, you've got some other younger wide receivers there. So anywhere Decker goes that's not Denver, his value's going to drop because he's not going to finish in the top ten of fantasy points. Could he be 15, 20? Yeah, sure. But, again, that depends on the quarterback throwing him the football. But going from an offense that has Peyton Manning at the helm, and Peyton Manning may not do well in the postseason or Super Bowls, but he's darn good in fantasy – uh, to a team that even has an Andrew Luck, but also has some other weapons around, there's there there's going to be a drop off.
1: Yeah, but there was a lot of mouse to feed in Denver. He had Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, Wes Welker. So it's not like.
3: But how many teams throw the football as much as the Denver Broncos do? Everybody,
1: and have Peyton Manning as their quarterback. But everybody's going to be throwing the football. That's just the way they. End I, I really them.
4: feel like Decker's numbers, whether he stays in Denver or whether he goes somewhere else, I think they're going to end up being about the same as they would have been anyway, because I think... Peyton, we're all agreed, is not going to duplicate what he did last year. He's not going to, well, to have, well, hang on. What were De- give us Decker's numbers from last year? He's had eighty catches the last two years, right? And over a thousand yards he's the last what, two years. He's Eighty-seven, twelve 20, hundred, twenty-four touchdowns, touchdowns
3: the last two years. I mean, he's not doing. I that. would
4: say that this year, even if he stays in Denver, which is certainly extremely unlikely, but even if he stays in Denver, I think he has a hard time catching double-digit touchdowns again, just because the Broncos are kind of going to try to balance it out a little more. I still think wherever he goes, he has enough talent that he's a seventy to seventy-five catch guy. I think he gets close to a thousand yards and I think he still gets you around, you know, seven to nine touchdowns. that's a quality season out of a receiver. Yes, it's not the video game numbers he put up in Denver, but I think regardless of where he goes, because whoever signs him is going to make it a priority to get him the football. He's not Mike Wallace. He will produce wherever he goes next year. See I look at it this way. If I
2: if I have Decker and he's my two, I'm a little concerned about my wide receiver depth, But if guy have Decker is my three, then I'm very happy because I can I can afford to if he winds up you know, taking a big downturn, it's okay. But if I got my two, then I'm, I'm, I'm scrambling to try to get somebody else in there, and I can't start him. It's, that, that's kind of how I feel about him going
1: forward. Hashtag hot takes. If I have <laughs> Calvin <laughs> Johnson as my number three, I feel great about it. Well, okay, now you could get Decker as your three. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. You, can get, you can't get Calvin as your one. As your number two, though, that's a fine spot for him. When, he's going to be good. He's going to have double-digit touchdowns No wonder again. you
2: win leagues. You have leagues where you get
1: Calvin Johnson
2: in the he's, third round.
1: He's going to get double-digit. He got he had eight <laughs> touchdown receptions from Tim Tebow, or maybe Kyle Orton. I'll have to go back <laughs> and see who, who was throwing him the ball for all those. But in his second year, he had already established himself as a great red zone target. He will continue to do that no matter where he plays.
3: One little tidbit. Manning had 675, or the Broncos had 675 pass attempts last season. That was second most in the league. Guess which team was first?
5: The Lions. Philadelphia.
3: Most. No. You'll, you'll never believe it. The Jets.
5: The LA Avengers. <laughs> no.
3: The, the Browns.
5: They were losing a lot.
2: Hundred and eighty-one pass attempts. They, they were losing
4: a lot. Man. No, they also decided we're just not going to run the football. <laughs> well, you also, they, let's, let's give it to Wilson McGahee twenty times. It makes sense when, you, when your best playmaker is your wide receiver. I mean, they were trying to get the ball to Josh Gordon and Jordan Cameron a lot last year. Imagine
3: that, though. I would have never predicted that in a million years.
4: Yeah.
2: Leroy Horde had a few carries in the last year. That's how bad they were running it. Leroy Horde. They Hoard. Be- that's wow. the thing about that. That's the thing about the Browns is that their philosophy was entirely, I mean, now it's out the window and in a year again from now it'll be out the window when they fire everybody again. But they were predicated on we are throwing the football no matter who our quarterback is, no matter who our running back is, we're going to throw it. And that, you know, you look at, we wonder how Josh Gordon wound up as well as he did. And that's because they decided we're going to keep throwing it. And you are our guy. And no matter who it is, if it's Hoyer, if it's Brandon Weed, or if it's Brian Sipe, they still they still
4: had that philosophy. And they never waned from it. Do you see their Do you see their backfield last year? I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't great with Richardson. It got even worse when they traded him. When you got Willis well, McGahee back there, you're like,
1: yeah. We're Edwin gonna be.
3: Baker was better than Richardson <laughs> at the end of last season. Everybody was better than Richardson. <laughs> I know.
4: Shockingly.
2: All right. So, question about Eric Decker's value changing team. Same thing, Marcus Julian Edelman.
4: Where does his value go, changing teams versus staying with New England? I think if he changes teams, his value drops significantly just because I don't see any other team out there that's poised to get Julian Edelman 100 catches. I just don't. I, you know, I, Maybe, as if I can borrow from Elliott Harrison, if he's running none-yard outs... And they're just dropping it off to him. Maybe he gets close to that. But I just don't know any other situation that will get him the number of looks and the number of touches he got in New Orleans. Wherever he goes, he takes a big step back. So you say big step. Where do where, you take it? I think, I think in, New, or in New England, if he can duplicate last year, he is a low-end one, a high-end two. If he's not in New England, I think you're looking at a kind of a, a mid-level to low-level three, maybe a four at that point.
1: He'd All be right. fun in San Diego.
4: He would be fun. He could be, but then what happens to Danny Woodhead? I feel like they would kind of have a fist change fight to jerseys, see, have a fist fight to see who could uh, take that spot.
1: Fair think, enough. Is Woodhead a free agent? I think Woodhead is a free agent coming up. But no, he signed. A th- didn't he sign a three-year deal last year? Because it was his first year in San Diego. I'd have to check that out. If there only there was a way. I've got the <laughs> <Some a way.
3: laughs> sort of magic. Good no, dude. no. You He a free right. agent in 2015.
2: He's uh, in a contract
1: year. so he has one more year.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, so guys who – all the guys who Wait, are It would be
1: there. fun if the the Patriots signed Decker. <laughs>
4: <laughs> How awesome <laughs> goodbye, would that be? Goodbye, like, Danny Amendola. Yeah. So they go like, from, oh. from, from Wes Walker to Danny Amendola. But you sign – you, you take the guy from Denver, Denver this time.
1: Boom, you guys have Wes Walker. We're going to take Eric Decker. So we're going to take your guy now. Yeah.
4: Wow, that's some tit for tat right there, isn't Let's it? Let's do that. That's we should some...
1: make that happen. There should be like constitutional
4: amendments. That's or some something. Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh level tit for tat, is what yeah, that is. Yeah. Then you have Decker taking
2: shots at John Fox on the way out. Oh, I never. <laughs> we never got along well. All these different things. That'd be interesting.
1: Then he starts making commercials.
2: All right. Oh, see, you're 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 a forward thinker, right? You got you got to patent these ideas so people know.
1: I know. I something I really should directly
2: to the tuna. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, What was it from? Night Shift? Night Shift.
5: Yeah,
2: <laughs> Call Starkist, right. Uh, all right, so the other wide receivers who are out there are kind of, you could do better, but James Jones, Golden Tate, Emmanuel Sanders. Bigger names on the field than they are in fantasy. Go forward, Fabs. If, if you think these guys, wherever the, one of these guys signs, New Deal, somewhere in free agency, who has the most upside next year fantasy-wise? Jones, Tate, or Sanders?
3: Upside Sanders. He's coming off his best season uh, as a pro. Marcus Wheaton's going to be a nice sleeper in Pittsburgh this season because you're going to see Sanders leave potentially for the New York Jets. But every single wide receiver who's a free agent is going to be tied to the Jets because oh, yeah. they have nothing. Yeah, we got to like David yeah. Nelson, Jeremy Curley. That's it. Yeah, they're in serious need at the wide receiver position. They need to give Geno Smith some weapons <laughs> in that pass attack. So if Sanders goes to the Jets. Opportunity is going to be there. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Altoon, but he's going to have a chance to have an even better season than he did last year. And Sanders wasn't a regular fantasy starter last season. There's no doubt about that. He was more of a guy you can plug in uh, from time to time based on the matchups. But you get him into the into the Jets rotation as potentially their number one or their number two. There's going to be upside there. James Jones. Remember, he, there are a few few teams that have a quarterback the level of Aaron Rodgers where he can go to and, and produce. And Marcus knows this because Marcus and, and a lot of us didn't love James Jones coming into this past season. But his touchdown numbers dropped, decrease, uh, you know, just significantly uh, Went from
4: 14 to 6. Did I say something negative about James Jones? I'm. I'm I you reverse. might have. No, he said it. something negative about you on Fantasy Live when he was on last year. You might have.
3: And
2: <laughs> Tell
4: that guy to stop,
2: <laughs> stop bashing on me.
3: But to be quite honest with you, there's just not a lot to like in the free agent market outside of a few running backs and Eric Decker. I mean, even Darren Sproles. He, he's already had his best season
2: statistically. All right, so I know, Marcus, you're not going to say James Jones,
4: Golden Tate, Emmanuel Sanders, or somebody else. Of that grouping, I like Sanders the most. I think James Jones is one of those guys who someone will sign him, and I think he will provide a good service for a certain team, whatever team that is, as a possession receiver, a guy who can move the chains, hit the occasional big play. I don't know that he's one of those guys whose production translates into fantasy. But Sanders is one of those guys that, especially in the free agent market, you're always looking out for because he's got that speed that can take any play and turn it into a long touchdown. And, and I, I am curious to see where he goes, but, but all things being equal, I think of that trio, Sanders is the one that I would most be interested in having on my fantasy squad.
2: All right, Rank, let's finish up here. We get to the tight ends. There's a okay. lot of potential talent out mm-hmm. there, potential being the operative word, because you have Jermichael Finley, who's had a nice career. Buddy was injured last year. That horrific injury, wants to keep playing.
1: Buddy Bra- who? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Brandon Pettigrew who right. unfortunately drops too many footballs, but a change of scenery could help him. Dustin Keller coming back from injury. Garrett Graham, who filled in nicely for Owen Daniels. Mm-hmm. Brandon Myers, who never filled in with the Giants at all. They voided his contract so he could be a free agent. So you have these guys who have all had decent seasons in the last couple of years. Right. So new places, new faces, these guys. Who is who's, who's a guy that could be a number one for you this
4: year?
1: I still believe in Brandon Myers, still believe he could be a serviceable tight end. He played so well with the Raiders.
4: I was driving that bus for a
1: while. I'm, right. You know. and I mean, it's
3: that's one thing about the Raiders is you've had a couple of tight ends play pretty well for them, right? It was Zach Miller and then he went to Seattle and that was the end of him. Mm-hmm. Brandon Myers, good year, went to New York. Didn't have as good of a season. So, boy, we're just shining all kinds of sunshine on the Raiders <laughs> in, in this fairness,
2: podcast. In
4: fairness, Eli well, the Manning, Manning was terrible.
2: The Raiders should just say, look, we didn't screw him up that much. The Giants
4: couldn't do right. anything with him. So. Right. Yeah, Eli Manning was terrible last year, too, which may have something to do with what happened uh, with with Brandon Myers. Like I said, I was driving that bus for a while. Um I haven't jumped off the bus, but I, I have stepped out of the driver's seat. And I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm handing the keys to somebody else on that one. I, I actually kind of like Garrett Graham, though, this year. I think with, um, with the shuffling in, in Houston, Owen Daniels probably not going to be back. Bill O'Brien calling the plays there now. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion Garrett Graham could really surprise him. He won't, he won't get drafted early. He'll be kind of a late-round pick, but I think he's a guy who could open some eyes later this Did year.
3: Did we mention Jermichael Finley and Andrew Corliss? Those are another a couple of. Wait, wait, uh, we talked
4: about Finley. You have a couple couple of of another guy who is, you know, is going to
2: potentially inherit that job in, in Green Bay.
3: I, or, well, or go to another team. Yeah. The Giants seem to be tied to every free agent tight end out there. So um, Finley is going to be interesting, though.
2: You know, at least I like the fact that now there's talent at tight end, whereas up until last year, it was, boy, you had your top three or four guys. And then really it was, I'm starting a guy. Yeah, but, but I, there, I,
3: I can't. There's if talent. If I get five points out of him, I'm happy. There's talent, but. I mean, you lost Tony Gonzalez, who had finished in the top ten in fantasy points at the position for basically his entire career. And rookie tight ends, they are not going to do anything coming into the league. That's been proven for the most part. And you're also looking at Rob Gronkowski coming back from an ACL and a bazillion other surgeries that he had in the last year and a half. And you're looking at Antonio Gates' downfall, but will you know Ladarius Green play enough where he becomes a potential breakout sleeper type at the position, I still think that position's a, a,
5: a mess. So. What Mike is saying is that this is the year for Jared Cook.
2: Oh, very nice. This, this is, oh, right. is the year for Jared Cook. <laughs> <laughs> All right, got a couple minutes left here. Let's, let's head to the draft for a couple seconds here. We got some quarterbacks. You have some big-time wide receivers that could go in the first round. Each you give me a guy. Give me a guy from the first round of the draft, the NFL draft, that you think a guy can have immediate fantasy impact this season, whether it's, because uh, we're really not going to see running backs taking that high, but quarterbacks, wide receivers. So no running backs. They're both going to go. No well, running backs. Well, as I said, for the first round, guys projected to go in the first round. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Quarterback, wide receiver, or maybe maybe Eric Ebron, who's going to go in the first round, most likely out of North Carolina. Give me a guy, fantasy-wise, you think, in this May, yeah, I can plug him in.
3: Well, I don't know that a, a, a running back's going to be drafted they're, in the first round, right. so if it's a Carlos Hyde, for example, he ends up going to Cleveland, I'm going to pick him. If we're talking strictly first round, and there's no running backs projected, then it's going to be Johnny Manziel because he's going to come in and start for somebody. And this kid rushed for over two thousand yards in two years at Texas A and M. He had over twenty touchdowns rushing. Okay, and if you guys know me, I love the running quarterback, no matter what his passing skill set is. Tebow, Pryor, we all know this. Even Kaepernick, who didn't run as much as we had liked him to last season until the playoffs, and then he started playing extremely well. Got Michael Crabtree back. But I would say it's Manziel unless a running back goes
1: first and is projected to be that team's starter.
2: I Rank, who's your guy first? Right? I know you like Mike Evans.
1: I Are love you? Mike Evans. Should I go him or should I go Sammy Watkins? Who do you want to talk I, about? I, I,
2: <laughs> who, do you want, who do
1: you want to talk about? And I'll talk about You want to talk about
2: Marquise Lee. I know that's who you're going to you know, You're no, a Trojan. Yeah. No,
1: no, no. I'll, I'll go Mike Evans. I've been a big fan of his watching those Texas A&M teams over the last couple of years. Really like it surprises me that Texas A&M didn't win this year because you you look at the first round of the draft you got Mike Evans you got Johnny Manziel you got uh, the the tackle um, Jake Matthews J-
4: J- uh, Jordan Matthews
1: Jordan man Jake Matthews J- yeah one of, the, you, one of the Matthews right 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 so you have those guys and they didn't go <laughs> they didn't win it, it's it's amazing to me but but Mike Evans looks very similar to somebody like Vincent Jackson maybe somebody like Keenan Allen can go in and have that kind of impact immediately depending on where he goes unless it's St Louis. Because St. Louis just finds a way with Brian Schottenheimer to ruin all these guys who we think can be huge rookies, guys like Tavon Austin and Steven Bailey, really didn't produce like we thought they were going to as rookies. So if Mike Evans goes to the right situation, I would love to see him go to Detroit. That would be a pretty fun spot for him, be opposite of Calvin Johnson. Or if he lasts long enough to go to the Baltimore Ravens, you know, be be there opposite of Torrey Smith. But I'm just looking for him to step in. He's he's pro-ready. He's going to have a big impact. He's going to be one of those guys who will be targeted in the red zone because he's got the big frame. really like what he's going to – I really am excited to see where he ends up.
4: I will say I, – I am going to go Sammy Watkins, actually. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I, I, I think he's the most talented skill position, all-around skill position guy in the first round of this draft. I would say a guy like Manziel, maybe from a dynasty perspective, I have a feeling I think he's going to be good. I think this year he's going to really struggle with interceptions. Just watching him at A&M for all the good things he did, made a lot of questionable decisions, and Mike Evans bailed him out on a number of those throws. Mm -hmm. He may not have that luxury when he gets to the National Football League. So I I would say that uh, I'll go Sammy Watkins, I think, just in terms of speed, in terms of his hands, in terms of just his ability to get open. I think he's fantastic. I think Marquise Lee, because I know you want me to talk about Marquise Lee. Yeah, not that he's ticketed for the Jets at 18. I think, no, yeah, that's but, okay. You know what? I think with the Jets, I think he's a good fit. I think as long as they are expecting him just to be a slot receiver. Who's I don't, not a good
2: fit for the Jets at wide receiver? Everybody. Well, I mean, you're a good fit. You look like Geno Smith and you could
4: play wide receiver too. I, I could. If I could throw the ball to myself, that'd be great.
2: Um, I, I would just keep in
3: mind, though, People should not fall in love with rookies because nine times out of ten, they're not going to put up consistently good numbers unless it's at the running back position. Nine times out of ten. Yeah,
2: because yeah. that's the easiest position to jump in if you have any talent and, and make a, and make an impact as, as running back.
4: Yeah, I do feel like if Carlos Hyde goes to the Browns that they will feed him sure. a lot. That yep. he could be a guy who sees around 20 touches uh, a game, but they're still going to— Get the ball in Josh Gordon's hands, but I, I I just think Sammy Watkins of the guys ticketed for the first round right now is probably the most ready to come in.
1: But Keenan Allen had a big
4: year as a rookie, so
3: it's yeah. not impossible well, for these guys he's, to come he's out. He's one out of a whole group that did nothing. Davon Austin didn't do anything. That's, I mean, that's
1: Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah, the, the Rams just didn't know
3: how to use Calvin those. Johnson. Didn't even have 800 yards receiving as a rookie. So it's but not they, system. It's just it's the trend. These rookie wide receivers, you're not gonna see Randy Moss, Anquan Bolden type of numbers. Uh, Eddie Royal was the best rookie receiver his his rookie season and I think he had five touchdowns and right around 900 yards. So typically it doesn't happen. Like Keenan Allen was great, but he's more of the exception to what's
1: trending to be a, a pretty steadfast rule. So if you discount all the guys who have been successful as rookies, no one's been, no successful, one's been as successful, as successful as a rookie. Hashtag hot <laughs> sports tickets. <opinions. laughs> hot that, sports tickets. I'm going to call your radio show tonight. Sure, go ahead. For some hot sports takes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll be enjoying a hot sandwich while you call. (laughs) That does it for us. Don't forget the NFL Fantasy Live free agency special Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network, 6 p.m. Pacific, or if you can't wait, NFL.com at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you miss it, you can go back and look at it at the archives on NFL.com as well. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Adam Rank, Marcus Grant. We'll talk to you then.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.